Welcome to the Real Birth Podcast, the show where real parents share real birth stories and get really honest about how it went. You might be a first-time expectant parent, or on your eighth baby. Perhaps you're a birth worker, or maybe you just love learning about birth. Whoever you are, you are welcome here. This podcast aims to educate and empower listeners through the real stories of mums and dads. I'm Lucy Hill. I'm a doula, a mum of a toddler, and a complete birth nerd. Join me as I invite all kinds of parents to share their stories of pregnancy, birth, and beyond. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Real Birth Podcast. This week's guest is Tara, who shares her story of having a suspected big baby and how her pregnancy care was managed due to this additional risk factor. Tara talks really openly about two pregnancy losses that she experienced before her daughter's birth. So if you're not feeling up to hearing about that right now, you're welcome to skip this one and come back when you're ready. I think it's really important to share every aspect of the pathway to parenthood. And for many of us, miscarriage is part of that road. Thanks to Tara for sharing that part of your story with me and for talking so openly about how your losses impacted your feelings during pregnancy. I hope you enjoy listening to Tara's story as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. I'll hand over now for her to tell you her birth story. Well, welcome Tara to the podcast. It's so nice to have you on. Thank you very much for submitting your story. Uh, Before we crack on with your birth story, could you tell me just a little bit about you and who's in your family? So in our house, there's just me, my partner and um, my little girl, Poppy Ray. Yeah. And and how old's Poppy Ray? Uh, She'll be seven months on Friday. Oh gosh, she's still right in the thick of that first postpartum year. So Still knackered. (laughs) Still knackered. I mean, mine's nearly three and I'm flipping knackered so <laughs> but yeah that's that's lovely it's such a cute age actually seven months isn't it yeah she's just learned to wave so now she just when I'm pushing the trolley around Aldi she's like the royal wave oh yeah that's adorable <laughs> when you became pregnant with your daughter that kind of journey towards um conceiving her was that something that you'd thought about for a while was that quite intentional or how did that process go for you um yeah she was very very much wanted and we were trying she was our third try. We decided mid lockdown that you know, we were going to start trying. We weren't under the illusion that it was going to happen straight away. We know these things can take time. And um, so we started trying in August 2020. And I fell pregnant the first time in late October, early November of 2020. So that was the first time, which um, a couple of weeks later, I lost the baby. Yeah, that was the first time. And then that was horrific yeah um, and how did you feel kind of after that in terms of tra- was, trying again I, I definitely wanted to but I think until it happens I think it was just one of those things that naively I just took for granted that we were going to have a baby we were going to try for a baby I was going to get pregnant there was going to be a baby at the end of it and that was that I think I just took it for granted that we were able to do that so I was a bit blindsided really and especially because of obviously that was you know October 2020 was sort of in the thick of Covid mm. it was the most difficult thing for me was that I had to do all of it by myself because yeah. you know partners and things like that weren't allowed. I can't imagine that must have just been absolutely awful to feel that alone. Yeah yeah he, Luke had to wait in the car um while I found out that we were losing our child. It's just um, it's just barbaric isn't it? Yeah, but I could have gone to the pub if I wanted to, which doesn't really make sense, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. So after you were kind of processing all of that, how did you go about 
kind of thinking about trying again? We knew we wanted to try again, so we decided to sort of wait till after Christmas, you know, give myself a couple of months there, you know, for my body to sort of hopefully get back to some kind of normal. Yeah. And then again, fell pregnant really quickly in early February. Was obviously very aware of what had happened before, was very anxious. And then almost exactly the same scenario. History just repeated itself, basically. The same kind of gestation, like how many weeks were you at that point? Um, the first time I was probably about seven weeks. Yeah. And um, the second time, I think I was about eight or nine. I was a bit further along. Yeah. Um, so that was... And if you if you don't mind me asking, how how did you know that that pregnancy was ending? It was. It's hard to explain. Like the, the second time I was at my mum's up in the Midlands and um, Luke was with me thankfully and and I was working from home and I was just like felt really uncomfortable it was almost like period pain yeah and the more I thought the more I got myself anxious about it the worse it was so I was just trying to like calm down and then I noticed um went to the toilet noticed a couple of spots of blood I was like right okay don't panic and then over the next hour it just got worse and worse and then again same situation local hospital Luke waited in the car yeah it was like history repeating itself I got myself in such a state that the nurse went and got a partner because I just couldn't couldn't cope with it it's just never something that we should ever have to do by ourselves and I imagine that you'll never forget how that felt no like especially the second time because I was further along Mm. and I had to go for like an internal ultrasound to make sure that obviously you know everything was gone and I had to do that by myself yeah that was it was really difficult yeah well I'm I'm really sorry that you experienced not only obviously the loss of two babies but the fact that rules meant that you didn't get the support you deserved no they don't there's not really a lot of support I don't even think it's just blamed on covid like like, you know I was given a leaflet and that was it there was no I mean there's no support I can talk from personal experience as well that I would agree with that um yeah that after a loss there's very little kind of onward you might yeah you might be given a leaflet about you know the miscarriage association but there's not really much else and it's all quite it's all quite kind of in and out isn't it you go in you leave and it's sort of like okay bye then it's almost like because you're not leaving with a baby or because you didn't deliver a baby it's like it doesn't matter yeah it's like it, it really does yeah yeah it really Um, does but yeah that was that was the second time and that was February 2021 that was the 24th of February I lost our second yeah and we were in the middle of you know buying a house and all that stress and I was like I cannot put myself through that again like mentally I think it would have just destroyed me even more I was like I can't do it so we stopped trying went back using protection and then six weeks later, I found out I was pregnant again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, that must have been an absolute swathe of emotions. You sort of know your own body, don't you? Like, after I lost our first baby, you know, my body, my cycle sort of went back to what it would have been if I'd never been pregnant. Yeah. So I knew that, you know, it was back to normal. But after the second one, six weeks, six, seven weeks, and still nothing, I was like, right right so I phoned the doctor and she was like you've done a pregnancy test and I was like no I was like I'm not pregnant she was like no seriously go and do one so didn't tell my partner went on my lunch break to do a pregnancy test and I was like oh my god oh wow yeah I mean absolutely incredible that you know you've 
you've sort of made every effort to kind of prevent that yeah. happening you know despite it obviously being something that you did want in the long run that's a big shock really then because I imagine of course there's some kind of like wow I can't believe that's happened but also there is that moment isn't there when you see the positive test and then all those memories come back yeah it's it's mad obviously because you're dealing with the hormones as well so it's even it's even worse I was just don't think we could even speak yeah and I think it helped though because even though it was such a shock because we weren't trying I was by the time I found out I was six weeks already oh wow yeah I was going to ask about that how was your um first trimester and had you kind of got to a point you know when you actually found out because you hadn't planned it you must have been yeah slightly further along than than otherwise yeah because when I found out with the first two I was literally like two weeks yeah so you know I sat on it for a long time whereas by the time I found out with Poppy I was like six weeks but yeah first trimester was mad I must have spent I spent a fortune on pregnancy tests because I just got myself into that cycle that oh there's a twinge something's wrong let's do another test yeah I think there should be some sort of support group because I know exactly how that feels you go out and you think I'll just buy another one just to check. I'll just buy another one just to check. And then you think, how much have I gone and spent on? But it's so worth it if you feel reassured. It really is. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was, it was mad. I think I struggled first trimester with tiredness um, more than anything. I wasn't ever sick, like physically sick. I just had really bad nausea. Like, Mm. I wish I had been sick. It was, it was, it was a rough ride. (laughs) So at what point did you start to feel quite, confident in the pregnancy or did that not it or did you not I kind of went through phases I mean initially I I don't think I started to relax at all until maybe 17 18 weeks I think that was when I started to relax and then there were like periods throughout like my second into third trimester where you know reduced movement going into the assessment unit Mm -hmm. worrying where the anxiety came back so I don't think I ever fully relaxed and yeah. um, I don't think I'm relaxed now to be honest. <laughs> um, there must yeah. have been that 12 week scan must have meant quite a lot to you though yeah I don't think I've ever cried so much in my life <laughs> yeah it and, was... and were you were you alone for that one no no um, by this point um they were allowing partners in for the actual scans obviously it was still all face masks and stuff oh well I'm so glad that you were able to have your partner there for that scan that must have been brilliant yeah it it was lovely it was miss out on that yeah when when you go through like losses I think I don't know why people don't just forget about the dad because it's you know it's the woman that's physically going through it but it's just as much his loss as it is mine when people ask oh how are you doing how are you feeling people need to remember the dads as well yeah I couldn't agree more how was kind of the remainder of your pregnancy as you came up towards the birth and like what were your thoughts about birth in general and had you had you kind of got any strong feelings about what you wanted for your birth and it my I sort of had a because of how the pregnancy was and obviously there was I had more scans I was huge I was like a walking planet. <laughs> I was measuring four or five weeks ahead the whole way through. Okay. Uh, on the scans, like the centile measurements, she was measuring big. 
they, I had scans every like I think it was every three or four weeks so I found it reassuring because I got more scans but yeah it was just it was just a whole different experience I mean in terms of birth we had like I said we had an idea because I was measuring big that we kind of thought that c-section would be where it would go okay but, you know I wanted to sort of see if I could get that yeah (laughs) that didn't work out so as you came towards the end of your pregnancy was your baby size kind of brought to the forefront of the conversation and then was that how kind of decisions were made about the plans for your birth yeah they they said about her size what they thought her size would be the consultant at my 36 week scan um, he was really good. Like, I know a lot of my friends have said, oh, you know, the consultant was trying to push me towards, you know, C-section or push me towards natural. But he was very much gave me the, the risks of both, gave me the benefits of both after the risks of what would happen, you know, what could happen if I went natural because of her supposed size. We just decided that the C-section was was the way forward for us. Yeah. And do do you remember what they predicted her weight to be? Yeah, they said, um, they they mentioned about, I can never remember what it's called, is it shoulder dysplasia or something? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, sh- shoulder dystocia, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So where the like, shoulder gets stuck and, you know, he said, you know, worst case scenario, baby could die, could cause paralysis, break their shoulder, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But if you go to 40 weeks, you'll probably be about 10, 11 pounds. Okay. I was like, I am not putting that out. Yeah, that's quite frightening to hear for a first yeah. time mum, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, absolutely not, no way. But yeah, she did not turn out like that. Had a so had a C section. So you uh, planned at that point. Were you able to kind of plan your date um, and kind of make plans for your baby's birthday? Yeah. So basically, they said, right, it will be the week of twenty ninth of November. So obviously, they start on a Monday. He was like, it'll be weekend to the 29th of November. It'll be any time from that Monday to Sunday. You'll get a text the week before, oh, giving you wow. instructions. So literally, I sort of knew the rough week, but then it was only on like the Friday afternoon I got a call. It was like, oh yeah, in three days' time, you'll be coming in for your C-section. <laughs> oh, that's a long wait, isn't it? Oh God, honestly, anxiety was free. What did you do but... in that last week then? <laughs> well, um, we actually moved house mid-November. So I was 37 and a half weeks pregnant when we moved house in Pony oh. House. Oh, you're a hero. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Um, but good, you know, it was it was happy. It was all we wanted. So, yeah. you know, as long as we were in for the baby, that was fine. Um, but mainly I just slept. I made the most of the new house. Stuff ready. Repacked my hospital bag. Didn't use half of it. <laughs> <laughs> you got a text and so, then you just have to go in. Yeah. And then did you did you have a time slot or was it a case yeah. of they would wait to see how the day was going or Yeah, they give you they give you a time to get there. I hadn't heard by the they said if you haven't heard your specific slot by this date, give us a call. So I phoned and she said, Oh, we're sending out the emails tomorrow morning. She was like, but unless anything more urgent comes in, she was like, You need to be here for half seven. And then when the text came in, I'd been moved to the 11 o'clock slot. So um, I had to be at Southmead for 11, get prepped. Yeah. Annulars, stockings. <laughs> not nice stockings. They are no, not. No, they're, they're not attractive, are they? <laughs> so that was, I think, for the whole birth, 
that was the worst bit for me was those bloody stockings. Yeah. They were so uncomfortable. Actually, um, can I just say how difficult it is to get those stockings off when you have had a C-section? Yeah, because you're not supposed to pull your muscles, are you? It's you like, can't bend. Oh, anyway. Your, your feet are swollen, so you can't get shoes on. So you're wearing basically socks and sliders. Yeah. So had you had any thoughts or done any sort of preparation for what you wanted your C-section to be like, or were you kind of just happy to go and see how it went? Um, I knew, you know, I knew that we were able to have our own music. Um, I wanted it to be quite chilled. I sort of didn't really know what to expect. I wasn't entirely sure, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, I just sort of, I knew, because I suffer quite bad with anxiety, even pre-pregnancy. I was quite reassured, right, okay, I'm going in on this date, I will have a baby on this day. Yeah, there's something really reassuring about that, isn't there? If you are prone to anxiety, having the control of knowing what's going to happen and when it's going to happen can be something to hold on to, can't it? Yeah, I mean, my friend was induced on a Monday and didn't have the baby till the Friday, so... Yeah, it's not a given, is it? (laughs) No, I was not not about that. Tell me about the C-section itself. So you went in and I assume, you know, they numbed you up. And then what do you yeah. remember, what do you remember from that that moment? Oh, it, it was, so when we walked in, obviously, because I just walked in the theatre and that was for me quite daunting because, you know, I've, I've had surgeries before and I've, I've been under anaesthetic, but never been awake in a theatre. So that for me, that was quite daunting. Yeah. And I sat down. I've got quite tricky veins, so it was really difficult for them to get the cannula in, and there was blood going everywhere. So it was, it was a bit, it was a whole thing. Um, so I couldn't hold my partner's hand while they were doing the spinal block because my arm had to be straight out. So there was a midwife stood in front of me, a student midwife, and I must have crushed her hand. She was this <laughs> tiny little woman, and I think I nearly broke her hand. She's probably used to it. <laughs> yeah. So when they did that. I was on the table I was like really nervous there was I wish I could remember her name there was like an older midwife in there and she it was almost like there just for support yeah she wasn't doing anything like surgically or medically and um, she was by the top you know by my head with me and my partner and she was talking to me all the way through and I was like oh am I gonna feel it is it gonna hurt they do um that spray so obviously like pressure and the pain like yeah make sure that you're all numb which was really bizarre it's really Um, funny I'm pretty sure I remember I'm pretty sure I remember my husband saying I can't even remember if this was about me I think I remember him saying that they asked me oh can you feel this you know when when I had my c-section yeah about oh can you feel this and I thought you know he's prodding me or he's putting something on me um and it was like no he'd already started (laughs) And I was just like, no, I can't feel it. It's like, good job I can't because he'd cracked on. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of a bit like that. Um, they sprayed and it was weird because it was like ice cold spray. I mean, I remember everything of yeah. my, the whole experience. Um, spray is like ice cold. So, so they spray it below shoulder length and all over your legs, your tummy. And then they spray the top of your shoulders so you can feel the difference. Yeah. And it was like, where I wasn't numb it was like painfully cold it was like really cold but when it was sprayed where I was numbed it was like you could feel the spray hitting you but you couldn't feel the cold which was obviously the desired effect right the main thing I remember is I was more worried because it felt like 
I had pins and needles from the shoulders down, like my whole body. Yeah. And I was convinced that my leg was like floating off the table or I was falling off the table. It was the bizarre, most bizarre thing. And my partner's going, she's nearly out now and you're more worried about your leg falling off the table. <laughs> but, you know, how often in your life do you lie there and you cannot feel or control your body for love nor money? Oh, God, it's so weird. Yeah. Was it quite, did you feel like it was quite quick? Yeah, it was weird. So, like, the board where they've got all the information and, like, allergies and all that stuff. Um, we went into the theatre at 25 past four. Um, that was when I walked in. So, all the medication, numbing, starting, and she was born at four minutes past five. So, wow. like, half an hour in and out. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it, for such yeah. a big thing? So, when she came out, what were your feelings and what happened? Did she go straight to you? Yeah, so they they say, obviously, like, do you want the screen totally dropped to see her come out? And we were like, that's a hard fast no from us. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see inside my own body. That's a no. I was like, just lower it enough so that you can lift her up and I can see her. Yeah. And um, they cleaned her up and handed her straight to me. Um, oh. And I was just like, I've never cried so much in my life. Like, it gets me emotional thinking about it now. Yeah. It was like, everything we'd been through I was like I couldn't comprehend that she'd been inside me and she was now lying on my chest and yeah. crying and she was an angry little thing <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's like oh my god they're real yeah it's like oh god we made you and you're so cute <laughs> oh and did you know you were having a girl yeah yeah 16 weeks we found out yeah and had you okay. kind of thought had you thought about her name before she came was that something you'd already picked yeah, we chose Poppy Ray um, when I was pregnant the first time. We oh, knew wow. if we had a girl, it was going to be Poppy Ray. Yeah. Poppy Ray um, Mary. And there she was. There she was. This seven, they, they weighed her three times. because I was just going to say, please tell me how heavy she was. <laughs> so they predicted 10, 11 pounds at 40 weeks. Yeah. She was born at 39 weeks and three days and she weighed seven pound, nine and a half. Wow. Okay. So that's fairly normal size baby. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty average. I think the average for a girl is something like seven, six, something like that. So yeah. how, how did you feel about that? I felt all right. I think because the whole birth was, it was the best experience of my life. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything about it. I think that would have been the path for us no matter what. Yeah. Well, that's really great, you know, because it's just great that you had such a positive experience and you didn't feel like, oh, well, you said she was going to be this big, you know, like it, you know, you can understand how some, somebody might feel that way. Yeah. Um, But actually, if you had a great experience and, and having that planned date for you, or or at least a planned kind of week where you knew what was going to happen, if that really helped you, then then it sounds like you've had a really positive experience. Yeah, I've, you know, people try and, you know, people put the fear of God into you when you say you have an elected C-section, but yeah. I wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. How was your recovery from your C-section and how long were you in hospital? They said that as long as she was feeding, that I could go home sort of after 24 hours. She initially fed quite well in hospital. Because I was adamant I wanted to breastfeed. And I was adamant I wanted to get home because I was just like, because of COVID. That, so I had a five, uh, four minutes past five in the evening. 
um, obviously was in recovery for a couple of hours where my partner was able to stay. Then when I went back onto the ward, he had to leave because it was like after visiting hours. So he left at like eight o'clock in the evening and then couldn't come back until 10 o'clock the next day. Oh, had, gosh. To leave, had to leave again at 12 and then come back at two. Don't, don't um, you just think that's mental? Like he's yeah. been there, he's been there. He's, he's going to leave and see more people and then come back. Like he's, it doesn't make sense, does it? Surely it's better for everyone if he stays in the same place. <laughs> yeah, like anyway, it's ridiculous. So but, that that must have been quite daunting for you to be completely left alone. I yeah, it took about six hours for me to even wiggle my toes, and obviously, you have a catheter in after a C-section, so you can't get out of bed anyway. I did not sleep at all that night. No, um, it's not the place to sleep, is it? A, a postnatal ward? No, and I was just like terrified of putting her down because every time I put her down she she cries mm. and then obviously every time I couldn't get out of bed to put her in the in the crib next to me and then I was terrified of going to sleep because I was like oh my god what if someone comes and takes her mm. like you just do get those those thoughts don't you like yeah well, that's where your brain goes when you've just had yeah. a baby and everything every cell of your body is like protect that baby yeah so... like the minute she came out I was like is she okay is she okay just wanted to know she was okay um mm. but yeah recovery was fine um I went home the next day at like by the time they came around to let me go it was like half seven eight o'clock um mm. so we'd waited around for quite a while so my partner brought us home luckily my mum was here she'd she stayed for I think like 10 days in the end wow that's amazing so, yeah so she lives um, a couple of hours away so recovery was fine was a little bit sore a little bit eventually got like a little mild infection but it cleared up by itself it was it was fine just had to take it easy yeah and so you mentioned that you were really passionate about breastfeeding Um, yeah what was your feeding journey like then how did it go oh it didn't basically in hospital it's really difficult it was really difficult because I couldn't move very much and those beds obviously aren't really supportive no I couldn't get her to latch properly because I'm quite big chested so it was difficult anyway and I had to try different positions for her and then the nurse there was one nurse which was lovely and she showed me how to like hand express and the syringes and stuff mm. so we tried that and I was producing like she was, she was like that's really good like that's a good amount and I tried it when I got home um the first two weeks honestly if my mum hadn't been here I think me and my partner would have either killed each other or just like died from exhaustion because obviously you don't know as a first time I'm doing it's like every 45 minutes she wanted feeding mm. she was just unsettled she wouldn't sleep after seven days I think it was day five or day seven they weighed her and she was losing weight she'd mm. gone back up to birth weight or she'd gained a little bit more but then she dropped right back down and I was like she's not she's she's hungry because I was so paranoid I was like right there and then formula mm. so from two weeks old she was formula fed and she's thrived ever since it's really difficult though and I don't it's think so like... hard I think it's really hard especially when you've had this you know the idea of what you wanted yeah. and actually there is a whole process there's a fantastic book actually I can't remember the author but it's called um I think it's called why breastfeeding grief matters yeah and it's about that process of letting go and actually acknowledging the grief that comes with something so instinctual as breastfeeding if if that's something that you feel a pull to do yeah um 
And I think people really under, underestimate how hard it is when you do have to grieve that. Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, when obviously I knew that she had to have formula because I was like, can't do this. I couldn't bear to give her a first bottle for my part. I, I was like, Luke, I was like, you've got to do it. I was like, mm. if just even now, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish that I'd had more support or more information. I don't think it was lack of support. I think it was more lack of information because yeah. the the midwives and the health visitors were very much, you know, obviously said about, you know, expressing and doing that. And I wasn't really given much information about using formula and breastfeeding to top her up. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. There is so little information out there about combi feeding because I think <sighs> as with everything these days, this tends to be kind of, it's, it's one versus the other, you know, it's kind of, you're, you either breastfeed or you formula feed and people can be really, really quite passionate either way. And sometimes we forget there's a middle ground where you can, you can do a bit of both and that's okay. And, And actually the support and the guidance to be able to do that, I don't think is very well, it's not so easy to access. No, and you know the most information I got was about using the express, like to express into a bottle. Yeah, there was no that that it wasn't sustainable. I was on, I was pumping for like forty minutes and got barely just over an ounce, and I'm like, I can't do that. God knows how many times a day. Like, it's not feasible. And was there anybody recommended to you, or were you signposted to kind of a, a a kind of qualified lactation consultant, or was that? Not that was you. never that was never discussed and um, wow. yeah the only time that I've ever really spoken to anyone that like you know breastfeeding support or anything like that was um probably by the time Poppy was about three or four months old because we joined a baby group yeah there was a lady there that did all that do you know I actually feel like it should be part of our antenatal education before we have a baby I yeah. feel like when we go to midwife appointments or consultant appointments, there should be that conversation about feeding, what your intentions are and what to do when it gets really hard and the shit hits the fan. And then you've already got a list of people you can speak to rather than that four in the morning panic where you go, I can't do this anymore. It's over. And it's absolutely fine to have those moments and we're all human, but I just, like I think when you're in that initial period where your baby has just been born, you're so sleep deprived, you're so hormonal, you do yeah. not have the capacity to sit and research, oh, who should I talk to? Where shall I go? You know, you just you just don't have that mental capacity. We have that before the baby's born. Yeah. There was um I think especially because it was sort of still you know, tail end of COVID, the, the main part of the pandemic, there was no antenatal classes or anything like that at all not even online yeah and um, so anything I wanted to know I had to find out from my friends who had babies um, and yeah. my pet my mum my partner's mum anything like that it was google <laughs> yeah it was wasn't yeah. there no I think there's so many avenues of parenthood and preparation for parenthood that have been so deeply affected by the fact that we can't connect that we couldn't connect with real human beings yeah do you know what I, th- I thought I was really prepared I thought that you know I've done this I've got this I've read about this I thought I was really prepared 
nothing nothing ever turns out does it it's like <laughs> no change it for the world but being a mum is, is the best thing but, oh my god no one prepares you for the tiredness today no, <laughs> no and then and, for any of it. no and then what that tiredness can make you feel and make you do pre-baby you may have said well whatever it takes I'm going to keep going blah you know whatever but in the moment it's so real isn't it like the struggle yeah. is so so real like anything for a good night's sleep or yeah for hours oh yeah and and that is absolutely fair enough yeah I think the other thing is I, I don't know if you've kind of since done any research but it's so so amazing that you were able to kind of hand express and give those syringes at the beginning because that colostrum that you would have produced straight yeah. away that is what is really building your baby's gut health and immune system and yeah you know it's magic so they do say that you know liquid gold yeah if, <laughs> if you can do if you can give your baby that liquid gold and nothing else you've you've you know you've done a good job for your baby and and that's not to say that if you can't produce that colostrum and do that then there's anything wrong with that it's just we know so much about colostrum and how fantastic it is yeah so um yeah yeah well I'm I'm really glad that you kind of your peace of mind for your baby probably was lifted at that point in terms of her weight loss and and your anxiety but I'm really sorry that you didn't get that support and I, I just wish and I do feel if anybody's listening who is pregnant I would really, really hope that maybe they take away, just have a little bank, a little resource page, stick it to your fridge. I don't know. And yeah. not, ju- not just for feeding, but all kinds of support. You know, where do I go when I'm in that moment of crisis to know before you have your baby? Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think that is something I hear quite regularly is people kind of wish that they hadn't waited to be in the moment where they needed someone before they did that research if that makes sense yeah no definitely I think um the the main bit of support you know healthcare wise that I got was um because where we live um we fall under Stroud midwives okay um and honestly on the phone could they were available 24 7 you could phone them I'm really struggling like getting help over the phone of what to do obviously it's fairly limiting because they're not there Mm. but even if I just wanted someone to talk to at three in the morning because I was just so tired and just so exhausted, they were there to listen. So for that kind of stuff, they were really good. That's brilliant. Um, but I know not everyone gets that. I mean, where I used to live, you have to leave a voicemail and they get back to you in two days. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost like you're kind of, yeah, you've got that reassurance pretty instantly then, haven't you? And that's, yeah. yeah. You can't wait around for two days, but two business days to hear back when you're in the moment, three in the morning, having a complete panic. It's just, yeah, it's not, not feasible, is it? No, um, which is another reason I think it's um, such a shame that so many like antenatal groups and stuff didn't happen because those are your tribe that you would text at three or four in the morning saying, my baby's up, are you up? and so many people didn't get to make those connections so it's such a unique time of new parenthood and I'm sure as the years go by we will you know there'll be lots more interesting research into that but it it sounds it sounds like it was a difficult time but it sounds like you you and your mum have a good relationship in terms of her coming to stay am I right (laughs) yeah yeah we're really close I mean she brought me up pretty much on her own so we've always been very very close yeah. um 
I was just gutted that because because I've had a C-section, I couldn't have her with me as well. Yeah. Because if I if it was a natural delivery, then I was able to have two part. I think I was allowed to have two partners there. Right. Um, or they were, and then I think they changed it like a couple of weeks before. So obviously, I would have liked for her to have been there as well. Mm. Um, but she was here already as soon as I got home with, with Poppy. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was honestly couldn't have couldn't fault her. Mm. Hopefully, she put the dinner on. Oh yeah, she did. She made me cottage pie. <laughs> oh, that's a good one for your first dinner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was favourite. Oh, it sounds like looking back over your birth, you've got some really good reflections on kind of how you have really accepted that that was your path and that it was a really positive experience. Is there anything that you kind of would like to share with anybody who maybe is pregnant and is thinking about maybe they're thinking about a C-section? for whatever reason is there anything that you would like to share or any advice that you would give to a potential parent I think that obviously having had it personally you know it's different hearing it from a medical perspective but hearing it from someone who's actually had one the main thing is take your medication even if you feel okay because there was a couple of times where I sort of let it lapse for maybe an hour or two and then I was like oh my god I'm really struggling even if you feel okay don't do too much too soon because again I'm very even before I was pregnant I was very much I always wanted to be here there and everywhere I wanted to keep busy I'm not very good at being bored Mm. so you know I had her on the Wednesday and by the Sunday I was trying to walk around Asda with my mum like yeah I was adamant that I wanted to do something you wouldn't you wouldn't do that like after a heart transplant would you no Um, so maybe say take it easy take help if someone offers help even if it's something like you know do you want want me to cook day or do you want me to do some cleaning like Mm. just take the help don't be too proud to because I was and I you know I still am sometimes yeah it can feel so alien when people are offering you help especially when you feel so kind of fiercely protective over I can do this especially when it's your house as well because it was obviously still a new house and I was like no I want to do it like yeah um, don't let people scare you off c-sections absolutely and if it's the decision that you're happy with then you can make it an amazing birth yeah I mean even even sort of with with my situation it wasn't planned it was very very unplanned but yeah we were able to make it a great experience definitely worth doing all the research you can to know what to expect even if you think you're going to have a natural birth I would really really heavily advise that but yeah it's so nice to hear that you had a great experience yeah it was wouldn't change a thing oh that's lovely Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I think that's a beautiful way to end. That's okay. Um, thank unless, you unless there's anything else you would like to share. Um, no, I think that, that was pretty much it. I think it's been quite nice just to, to relive it. Yeah, how does it feel to... Have you sort of told your birth story before? Not really. Not like, not from start to finish, like, mm-hmm. you know, through everything. You know, from because this time. is... Yeah, I think that's... People kind of say, oh, how, how was your birth? And you say, oh, yeah, we had, we had a C-section or, oh, yeah, you know, she was born this time, whatever. But actually it starts way before that. It starts that yeah. first, it starts that first time you thought, oh, I think we might like to have a baby. Yeah. You know, before all of the traumatic events that happen, it starts way, way back. And it's such a long journey, isn't it? When you it then eventually hold that baby and go, oh my God. I, th- I think the only other thing I would say is that, you know, I know that when you're trying and not able to get pregnant or 
you know you do have multiple miscarriages it can be easy to like is this ever going to happen but I think I'd like to think that our story is just shows that not to lose hope I think yeah. you know not all the not always I know there's obviously other things that can factor into that but I like to think if it's meant to be it will be and I think you know we weren't trying for Poppy I think she was always meant to be our baby yeah yeah, yeah. Like, don't lose hope if you're trying it's not happening or and and it's not always a smooth road and I think we are not really educated in that as much as we could be so I think the more people talk about the fact that baby loss happens with healthy couples with young couples with first pregnancies that you have all the hope in the world for they happen and if we know that then we can better support the people in our lives who experience it and we can be kinder to ourselves if it happens to us because it's so easy to think what is wrong with me I'm young this is our first try you know it happened really quickly yeah it's so easy to to fall into that really dark place with it so yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing okay. that that part of your story as well because it's all part of the reality of birth isn't it so yeah <laughs> yeah I really appreciate you sharing that that's okay thank you thanks for thanks for listening Oh, a big thank you to Tara once again for sharing your birth story with me. Tara really feels her birth was a positive experience, which is amazing. However, I do want to highlight the fact that her baby was predicted big and yet was born at a much smaller weight than suggested. For Tara, a caesarean birth was a positive thing, but for many women I speak to, they do feel coerced into having inductions and surgeries simply based on the size of their baby, which later turns out to be incorrect. The NICE guidelines say that induction for suspected big baby is not enough of a medical reason to induce, due to largely how inaccurate these scans can be. They have a known margin error of around 15%, which is quite a lot. In a recent study, it was found that when doctors did do growth scans to measure a baby's size, 19% of those women went on to have caesareans. That's compared to 11% when no growth scans were offered at all. For more information on what you can do if your baby is measuring big or if you're concerned about this, search for Dr. Sarah Wickham and Big Baby, where you'll find lots of evidence-based information on this topic. Or for induction-specific information, Sarah Wickham's book In Your Own Time is fantastic. Well, that's all for this week. If you would like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, I'm Real Birth Podcast, or Facebook, The Real Birth Podcast, or you can email me, I am Lucy at realbirth.co.uk, and I love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening again. I will see you next Wednesday for another amazing birth story. Bye.